Hey guys, just a quick note before we begin that the show may contain spoilers and adult language, but that's just because we know how to have a good time. Stick around, you'll be glad you did. You are here for me to enlighten you. You ever act like this again, you're barred for life. It's just violent bass. It's kind of embarrassing. If you know you're lying, then you can forget them. Oh, I get it. It's very clever. <laughs> Hello, peoples, and welcome to Esoterica Cinema, the podcast where we take films from the cinematic multiverse and discuss the hell out of them. My name is Jason Peters, and with me, as always, is the man who is credited with having the very first public access television program, Mr. Ryan Seabold! What's up, Jason? How's it going, buddy? Not bad, man. Not bad. So, uh, yeah. Tell us about this, man. The very first public access television <laughs> program. One can imagine so many different, oh, you know, concentrations and things that such a show might be about. Why don't you pitch us what your first program was? Yeah, yeah. It was awkward. Uh, that's funny you, you, you phrase it that way because uh, it was on public access and it was called Concentration Camp with two Ks. And uh, it was for kids to like, it was a learning program. And uh, we totally bungled this one. You know, I, we thought it was going to be like Reading Rainbow or like one of these uh, electric company, you know, one of these kitschy shows from the 70s. We were trying to play off of that. And uh Man, yeah, the, we just got bogged down in uh, paperwork, and um, yeah, it, it got really awkward really quick. Concentration camp, you know, I don't know if you remember the jingle. Oh, it was I really do, fun. and I actually, I re- and, and then I remember where you guys tried to course correct and just made things worse when you attempted to rebrand it as kids concentration camp. Yeah. And that yeah, just we, really just doubled down on the entire thing, really. <laughs> yeah, we I mean we we got the, we figured out that we were having some problems with the title so we workshopped it, but uh I think we workshopped the wrong part of the the title. So we thought maybe it just wasn't descriptive enough. Like they just didn't realize this was for kids. We had too many adults <laughs> tuning in. All our complaints were coming from the parents. So maybe they just didn't realize <laughs> that this was for, uh, this was a kid's show. So maybe, okay, let them know this isn't for you. Uh, this is for the children. This is for uh, your sons and daughters to help them, uh, you know, really focus on learning and education and, and culture and, and giving them a good polish, training them, for the world, uh, kids concentration camp, come down, uh, hunker down and study with us. And, uh, you know, all these different things of, uh, you know, ways to work. Dude, it's, it's really, really hard to imagine why it didn't take off. We ended up getting canceled very quickly. Uh, (laughs) which is saying something when it's public access, because I mean, that's a low bar, right? Right. Who's going to cancel you? Um, and at the time too, you know, everyone who watched us. (laughs) <laughs> and maybe maybe the maybe there spoken. were initially, you know, more ambitious plans for public access television and you weren't hitting the bar and they were expecting a sort of like, you know, a higher bar in general. And then many years later, they were like, ah, you know what? The uh, kids concentration camp was actually totally on brand for us as a uh, public access television station. <laughs> it's a cult hit now. Uh, you know, it's a cult favorite. <laughs> We've made it to the YouTube. It plays well in deep, in, in uh, you know, deep pockets of the Internet. Yeah. You know, the dark web. Oh, yeah. We're uh, huge on Facebook subreddit. groups. <laughs> We're huge on subreddit right now. Um, Parlor uh, took us on and uh, really embraced us. Um, you know, we're teaching the future of America now through uh, years of 
of uh, back episodes and uh, archive footage. So, uh, but things are working Excellent. out. I'm still getting some residual checks. It's like 60, 70 cents uh, a month, but you know, keeps the lights hey. on. So yeah. Kids Definitely. concentration camp. Definitely. If you're out there and you, you Google it, uh, who knows what you'll find. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's hey, kids man. concentration camp with three K's, by the way, <laughs> three K's in a row. So uh, just roll those yeah. dice. <laughs> Give it a Google. Uh, this is the part where my producer would like me to step in and let you know that Esoterica Cinema does not endorse the searching of kids concentration camp with K's for any and all reasons. Thank you very much. Good night. Yep. That's Esoterica with three K's, uh, by the way. So. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, uh, today we have got something for you, kiddos. Uh, in case you didn't pick up on this already uh, from the ridiculousness of our little diatribes here, uh, this is bonus episode number two. That's right. We had so much fun the first time around that we decided to go for it a second time, and we're back for you leaner and meaner than ever, by which I mean we're bloated and going to run half an hour over our intended time designation. <laughs> That's how we roll. But you know this, man. Hey, I man, didn't set up this microphone to stay quiet. Let's just talk <laughs> for hours. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, so we've got a fun episode for you today. Um, if, if you didn't catch our previous bonus episode again, we're trying to do these sort of like little comedy variety, movie-based, movie-centric monthly wrap-up episodes we're not quite at the end of the month um this month but we'll correct that for next month and uh yeah so we've got a couple different sketches for you we've got a couple different um guest hosts actually we've got two sets of guests for you today four guests in total ryan on this episode today that's pretty nuts i don't think we've had six different people talk on an episode of this program before and so that's gonna be pretty cool um, you know, getting getting some bringing the variety here. to the variety show. We got Bruce <laughs> Valanche, we got B. Arthur, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg, Ed McMahon. Let's do this. What else we got? I don't know. They're, I think live they're from all... the grave, Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are all live from the grave at this point. So. <laughs> no, no, Whoopi Goldberg is still here and still being a loudmouth, just like she ever has. She's still whooping but it up. Whooping. You it know up. what? She's a likable loudmouth. Can we at least say that? Yeah, but she's on the view, not the listen, and there's no viewing in a podcast, so this is uh, not her territory. All right. Uh, So, yeah, so got a fun one here for you today. Before we go to our first feature, though, I did want to go ahead and make an announcement, guys. So we are doing something pretty cool for you guys this month, and we are giving away $50. 50 bucks. That's right. 50 bucks to one of you wonderful, wonderful listeners out there. Uh, what is the $50 for, you ask? Well, we're doing a little bit of a contest, a little bit of a raffle here, and the price of entry on your part uh, is no monetary value whatsoever. What we are looking for is to be paid from you guys in reviews. That's right. So, all you have to do to enter into this giveaway and potentially get that $50 cash, well, you know, Venmo, Venmo, PayPal, whatever it is, is go to, I guess we would prefer you to go to Apple, Uh, But ultimately, you can go anywhere and just leave us a review. That's all you have to do. Now, we're not, you know, it's just the two of us on this. So the actual entry part will will come where after you do leave your review, just take a screenshot and send it to one of two places. Either send it to at Esoterica Cinema on Twitter. Again, just a screenshot right there. Or you can email us EsotericaCinema at gmail.com with that screenshot. So once again, Gmail or Twitter, 
Esoterica Cinema. Send us a screenshot of your review. And here's the thing. It doesn't even have to be a five-star review. I mean, we hope that you enjoy the show, but leave us an honest review. You can actually leave us a one-star review and still be entered into the raffle and still potentially win $50 for leaving us a one-star review, which kind of feels wrong, Ryan, but look, that's the name of the game, right? So uh, if we're if we're really doing that bad of a job, we got to step our game up, man. If reviewing you is wrong, I don't want to be right, Jason. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah, I- no, you do, because it's worth 50 bucks. So... <laughs> You know. <laughs> We're going to pick the winner at random. And uh, so go ahead and, you know, it doesn't matter. Like Jason said, one star, five star. Just let us know what you think. We uh, we see, we've been tracking our listeners. We see you're out there uh, all over the world. And by the way, uh, we're huge in Germany, Slovenia. We have made it to every continent outside of Antarctica. And I just want to take a very quick second and thank all our international listeners all around the world. Uh, it is very, very humbling to know my dumb voice is being heard uh, around the globe and back again. So uh, <laughs> thank you to all of you. I don't know how American U.S. dollars will translate into your currency, but we will pick a winner. Give us your uh, send us some cash app information after we win. We'll contact you through DMs and we're going to go ahead and uh, one way or another, we're going to get you 50 bucks. Also, quick side contest. I will send 75 bucks to whoever sends dick pics to Jason. uh, (laughs) Jason's DMs uh, on Twitter. The biggest dick wins. Uh, Let's just go ahead and flood his DMs on Twitter uh, with a bunch of wieners. That would be fantastic. Okay, you know what, guys? I'm going to I'm going to embrace this. We're going to turn this on Ryan right now. Oh, Everybody, no. because here's the thing. Ryan didn't say he was giving it to one person. No, he said he would give seventy five dollars uh, to the to biggest anybody dogs. to who the biggest with dick pics. Let's so let's get hundreds of dick pics and drain this man's <laughs> account. OK, just drain his bank account. Man, but flood Jason's <laughs> DMs, please and I'll pretend like, oh, no, another dick pic. Woe is me. <laughs> No, the biggest one. <laughs> it's picked at random uh, by Jason. Did you say the biggest one? Yeah, the biggest dong. Yeah, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest dong. The biggest is... wiener wins. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this just went it. into a big dick contest, Ryan. It That's is. what this just turned into a big dick contest. That's how we're doing. Literally, it. not even metaphorically, but a well, literal big dick contest. And also reviews. So Rick, give us a review <laughs> and uh, take that screenshot. And while you're at it, dicks uh, right to uh. Jason. At Esoterica Cinema on Twitter. <laughs> do them both. Like, do a twofer. Double down. Don't be chicken. Let's do this. <laughs> Our first contest just went way off the rails. Oh, man. This is going to be horrible. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, d- just do also want to mention real quick. Um, we are actually so... We will go ahead and reach out to you uh, through whatever means you reached out to us, whether it's email or Twitter, to let you know that you've won. But we are going to do the announcement live on air on our next bonus episode for bonus episode three. And so what we're going to do is we're going to announce the winner of this giveaway for the 50 bucks. And then we're actually going to announce another one. This is going to be sort of a rolling thing that we do. We we haven't quite worked out exactly what the giveaway is going to entail yet, Uh, but we're going to keep doing this and... You guys keep giving us those likes and subs and listens, and uh, you know we're willing to give it back to you in the form of these cool giveaways and doing fun right, stuff with right. you, like uh, having you know comedy variety shows. Which yeah, believe me, kiddos, you. they don't write themselves, man. Like <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, dude, we're putting like way more work into the bonus episode and comedy sketches than the actual like episodes anymore. Way it's too nuts. much work. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> um, yeah, we just Absolutely. want to hear from you guys. We love you, and uh, we hope you appreciate all the work we are putting into this and. So we want to hear from you in one way or another. So please reach out, 
Give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you like. Don't like because we're listening. We're reading. We're uh, following along with what you're giving us. And so uh, we can change some things. We could add some things, take some things away. We just need to know. So uh, definitely reach out to us. Give us that review. Let us know what uh, we're doing right or wrong. And we'll send you 50 bucks potentially if you get picked. So thank you. Please, baby, I can change, I swear. Just tell me what you need. <laughs> All right, well, hey, Ryan, I hate to do this, man. Um, gen- generally speaking, this is, a, this, is, this is a place that I avoid just with as much as I possibly can. But uh, I got to take oh, you no. and all the listeners and a couple of our friends to Cinema Court. All right, guys. So, yeah, we are here today to give you guys a little feature we call Cinematic Court. Now, we haven't exactly worked through the final title of that one. We may come up with something a little bit ringier down the road, but for now, it's what we're going with. Anyways, what we're going to do today is we have actually brought on a couple friends of the show that you guys know from our Grave of the Fireflies episode, as well as their own podcast, the Repeat Viewing Podcast. We've brought Craig and Seamus here today to help us litigate an opinion. That's right. So as we were discussing, uh, all of us together, we determined, me and Ryan that is, that Craig and Seamus uh, actually had very different responses to Tucker and Dale versus Evil. So if you guys recall earlier this month, we took a look at that movie. Neither Ryan nor I were favorable to it. I think I hated it a little bit more than Ryan did, and it was just one of those things where I had to, like, I think I ended up giving it one and a half stars, which it's honestly probably a two-star film, but it just pissed me off so much that I had to take off an extra half star. Ryan, do you remember what your grade was for it? Uh, I think we need to have a separate debate on who hated this movie more. Maybe that'll be (laughs) next month's bonus episode. No, no, no. I want to sit in for that. I want to sit in for that. (laughs) Craig and Seamus, real quick, if you guys had to put like a a grade or a star rating or a number on it, how how much do you guys like this film? Craig, what you got? Solid B. Maybe maybe a B plus. I'd go go B. Okay. Okay, cool. So not like super fans, but definitely enjoying the movie. So what we're going to do here today, guys, is we are going to litigate... This film today, the four of us, okay? And we're going to keep this super truncated, okay? We're going to only have two minutes to make our case. Ryan and I will be taking the con, and Seamus and Craig will be taking the pro to the merits of Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Now, what's going to happen is Craig's going to start, and Ryan's going to get, he's going to get two minutes. Ryan is going to get a one-minute rebuttal. From there, Jason gets two minutes con, Seamus one-minute rebuttal, Ryan, two-minute con, Craig, one-minute rebuttal, and Seamus, two-minute pro, Jason, one-minute rebuttal. From there, 30 seconds each at the end to plead our final cases, and then we are out. So, again, you guys, uh, you know, I know all of us are definitely some long-winded cats. Uh, You guys' show is just as long as ours usually, so uh, I think keeping us to two and one-minute stretches is going to be a little bit of a challenge, but I think we're all up for it, right? Let's do it. Yes. I think it's Excellent. hilarious, actually, that you think we're going to contain ourselves to a single minute. <laughs> I can't even get through what I'm about to say to you now just to talk shit in a minute. Um, uh, <laughs> know, right? Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Also, hi, hello. Thank you for having us. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Guys, this is actually also, we should say, we're meeting by the bike racks right now because we called each other out about this movie. Yeah, this is a showdown. There's no doubt yeah. about it. <laughs> 
absolutely. Showdown yes. at okay. Little Cinema Tokyo. Yeah. So, no, I've got notes here. I've prepared. Uh, I'm yeah, no, Ryan did his homework, dude. He did yeah. more homework for this, like, 20-minute sketch like than he does for our full-on 90-minute episodes. Right. For a full <laughs> season of a podcast. Yeah. I feel that strongly <laughs> about this. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> the best I managed was to watch it again last night. I mean, oh. yeah, I, didn't, I took no oh, wow. notes. So, you I know, am well, so I'm, sorry. Yeah, that's I'm not, brutal. I'm not a litigator <laughs> like you. That's terrible. I, yeah, if I had known you'd have to subject yourself to that, I, like, I mean, I wasn't trying to do that to you, dude. I was just trying to have a fun time here. I wasn't trying to make you watch it again. Well, it's got to be fresh on the brain if I'm going to defend it. <laughs> That's like having terrible sex, and then someone says, why was it bad? And you're like, hold on, let me go fuck that person again and find out why it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, as our guest and as the uh, host of your show, I figured you would be a great person to go ahead and kick things off. You have two minutes. I am going to be watching this timer that I have right here. And at the two-minute point, I will be jumping in and cutting you off. It's a hard two minutes, guys, okay? So, uh, again, get out what you can. Two minutes begins now. General preface before I get going, I am not the hugest horror fan in the world, largely because horror movies don't have the brains that I like in a movie. Even action movies have more brains. Uh, in total, I think, than most horror movies as a genre. So going into talking about this film, I have to acknowledge that one of the reasons I like it right off the bat is I think that it has brains and it has a lot of heart. Uh, The other thing is that one of the reasons that horror movies are so dumb and do lack brains is often directors only focus on the tropes of the film and the genre. And I find that this movie is a great satire of all of those tropes, bringing in your creepy rednecks and your douchey college kids, all of whom are frequently features in horror films, including an Evil Dead-like cabin. So for me, uh, this is a film that is full of really relatable characters, super inventive kills that all uh, play into the theme of the story, uh, that each kill could be interpreted from the individual perspectives of the college kids or the rednecks to be what they perceive them to be. Uh, sorry, I just got the I just got the light for one minute, I guess. Uh, so then, uh, my point is that basically, when all the kills can be perceived as the suicide pact that the rednecks believe it to be, or that the rednecks are evil, pure evil, and uh, going to slay these college kids uh, just for the hell of it. Uh, I think that right there, the film, structurally speaking, is very successful. But then you throw in the cast, and I think that it puts it over the top. Uh, I personally think Alan Tudyk is amazing in this movie, and that Tyler Labine is, like, I want to be his super best friend forever, because he's so charming and sweet in this movie. And I really like Katrina Bowden's airhead uh, performance in uh, 30 Rock, but I thought in this she actually gets to have some brains, even though she's the world's worst therapist. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I honestly think that it's just a really charming movie, and I think it's it's a great little tale about two guys who just want to fix up their vacation. And that home. is time! Cut, cut, cut! You have you are cut off, sir. That is two minutes. Thank and God. My ears That's were bleeding. That's all I was going to say. Ah, I was going to say three more words, so I almost it, did it. It's, Your it's ears are bleeding? It's yeah, funny because I like your opinions I mean, those, need to go fishing. I was going to say those are words, but they didn't really make sense in context when put together like that. Hmm. Not 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 from okay. the not from the standpoint of this movie. I don't know what movie you watched. OK, so is that, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Ryan, we are going to go ahead and we are going to do a one minute rebuttal. All right. And uh, stand by. Hold on. Your one minute begins now 
I, I mean, honestly, I don't even really need a minute. Uh, it's not a, it's not a satire. It's a satire of itself. This movie just like runs out of gas halfway through and coasts to the finish line. Uh, inventive kills. It's a thousand tree limbs and a and a guy that looks down the barrel of a gun to see if the safety is off. Um, it, there are no inventive kills in this movie. There are no brains in this movie. There's no witty banter. Uh, the cast is over the top. This cast is over the top, like the arm wrestling Sylvester Stallone movie. Um, <laughs> it's it's about as enjoyable. Uh, it's we end up with this che- cheesy janky uh, conclusion where. Uh, Katrina Bowen is, is strapped to a tree limb and, and all the, the nonsense and hijinks that go on make zero sense. You don't care about any of the characters. Everything is forgettable. Um, I, Craig, I just lost a lot of respect for you, man. I really <laughs> was holding you to a higher standard. I enjoy your podcast, um, except for this and that's episode. A minute. And that's a minute. You're done right there. Okay. All right. Dr- dramatically different uh, opinions there. We might have to really fight after this is over. Right. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, guys. So we'll meet you I'm in gonna... Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You're halfway, bro. By the way, I don't know if anybody has a, a, a stopwatch function on their phone that they can grab real quick. I'm going to try to watch myself, but if you guys want to, I mean, that's your, your, you know, you're putting a lot of stock in, in me being honest here. And mm-hmm. who knows? I might, yeah. might be well, the type to put my thumb on the scale, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> Based on uh, what Ryan just said, I shouldn't put stock in anything coming from that side of this podcast. <laughs> I'm ready when you are, Jason. That's actually All right. Fair. We are going to start those two minutes now. Okay, so first things off the bat, guys, right? When you come to horror films, you come for a visual experience. I'm not here for story. I'm not here for any of that. I'm here for cool visuals and cool deaths. To Ryan's point, no inventive deaths whatsoever. Kid straight jumps into a wood chipper. Like, you couldn't even you couldn't even find a way to motivate that. It's just like, no, run and jump attack him from behind and just jump into the chipper. Ridiculous. The film looks like hot garbage, okay? The entire film is washed out. It looks like uncorrected log footage. That is exactly how this film looks. It looks like as much attention was put on the overall look of the film as was into the script. Now, from there, you took... Alan Tudyk, and you made him completely mediocre. I didn't dislike him, but I didn't like him. And that's somehow wrong, because I liked him for the 90 seconds that he appeared in Knocked Up. For the two and a half minutes that he was in 310 to Yuma. He's been in awesome shit, and they somehow gave him an entire role, and made it so that, again, I didn't hate him, but I didn't love him, and I should love him because I love him in anything else. The other thing that really pissed me off, the unnecessary ancillary character. Now, I know horror films have a trope where they give you a ton of these teenagers and they're disposable, but legitimately, I forgot about the presence of multiple of these kids. So there's a scene where it's like the two kids run to the end and they find them having tea. And then when they show up there at the end, I was like, oh my God, it's those two people. I completely forgot they were in this movie. And yet here they are about to quote, save the day. And then they kill them right away. So again, like I understand we're not here for emotional depth, but that's taking things to an extreme. Also, this movie drags longest 90 minutes ever. No joke. I thought the movie was about to be over. We talked about this on our show. Checked the watch. It had only been 35 minutes. Screw this movie. Bam, two minutes. What's up, y'all? Appreciate it, Jason. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> Hold it down. go ahead and Hold step down. down off this uh, soapbox right now and give Seamus one minute to counter and go Seamus. 
Right, well, I'm not I'm not going to debate the visual like styling merit of this movie because, yeah, it's not I mean, that's not the, the focal point. Uh, I you know, my main issue, like Craig, with like especially the slasher horror genre is the stupidity of the victims. And, you, you know, you're not wrong. Like these characters, for the most part, are pretty cardboard and forgettable. But, you know, the, the old saying, uh, you know, the thing I like about this movie is like when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. And I think the core strength of this movie is the constant misinterpretation of stereotypes of these college idiots versus like the hillbillies and, and like the scariest movie I, I saw as a kid growing up was deliverance so i you know hillbilly horror really speaks to me much more than say slasher horror right but i mean i, I will say that Al, i will agree with you that alan tudyk like is always amazing i personally think he's great as tucker um you know, and, and well, as well as like Dale, I think they, they're very lovable characters, whether or not that the, the kids, the, the idiot. Uh, that is students. one minute. Thank you, Seamus. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> I was going to I'll be honest, Seamus. I felt like I, I felt like you met me halfway on that one. I appreciate that. Well, I don't dis. I don't completely disagree <laughs> with the point you're making. I'm like, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get shades. Uh, no, I know. Right. 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 I, I thought it was like a, a defense prosecution thing. I didn't realize we were going to be meeting halfway. Be like, oh, cool. We're doing this together. Uh, so they're called plea deals. They Happen all the time. Oh, got it. When, a, when a crime is committed, there are still people involved. Jason, have a heart. Okay, no, I, no, I am. I am. I am the cutthroat uh, prosecutor from all of the Law and Order episodes you've ever seen. Oh, I thought but I get I results. Being, damn it! I thought you were the ones being prosecuted for your opinion on this movie. Oh no, I, I, sir! <laughs> Honestly, I think I think I think we're all kind of being judged here today for mm. various merits. You know, well, I guess and for what it's worth, I. The real judge, the final it, judge. I was going to say, it, it'll be interesting to see because I feel like the internet is mostly going to be, you know, side repeat viewing. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we definitely understand we're in the minority like on this one. always do. <laughs> we're gonna but, to, we're gonna, I'm going to give give Judge Judy an email later today. We'll really figure this one out. <laughs> Sally Field and Judge Judy are going to fucking ruin your lives. <laughs> That's amazing. I hope so. Sally, we know you're listening, dude. Hit us up. And yes, I call females dude. I call my wife dude. So take that for what it's worth. I no disrespect. My, whenever we, we just had a our Black Widow episode as a female guest, and I said guys like a hundred times just to rate it. <laughs> but guys, come on, let's talk about this. Guys. I'm like, oops. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So uh, we're going to go ahead now. This is going to be the second half of this. We are going to lead with uh, my man, Ryan. You are going to get two minutes as well to preach against the merits of Tucker and Dale. Ready, set, go. Well, speaking of Sally Field, I'm about to drop some doubt fire here. Uh, Is it Tucker and Dale? (laughs) Dale and Tucker? Which one's which? Who cares? This movie is neither funny enough to be a comedy, nor fun enough to be a romp, nor is it scary enough to be a horror. It does a tremendous disservice to everyone who was in it, like Taylor Swift's pussy. Uh, The kills here become as repetitious as Dustin Hoffman counting toothpicks and Rain Man, and by the end, I yearned to look down the barrel of a gun to check to see if the safety was off. Uh, The plot isn't even stitched together. It's duct taped. Clunky is the transmission of a 1982 DMC DeLorean. And like the DeLorean and Taylor Swift's pussy, uh, you want this to be good. You really do. But it's just not. And like the DeLorean, whatever this costs to experience, it's probably overpriced. Uh, It consistently presents tropes and cliches in a tropey and cliche way as if they're interesting spins. It's the derivative of the derivative of the derivative, like a present that's been re-gifted three times, and upon opening the gift, you see bits of wrapping paper and scotch tape from previous re-giftings. This is how I imagine cocaine to be in Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, I use the the word imagine loosely. 
Um, this movie is like your drunk dad doing the Macarena in a very public setting thinking he's funny. You love him, but not because of what he's doing. You love him in spite of it and wish he'd stop. Then he throws up on himself and you have to get him out of there and your mother starts crying and everyone's looking on and you recede to the corner, bury your head in your knees and rocking back and forth, just wishing the whole thing would stop. Uh, am I getting too personal here? Uh, this movie is all of that. <laughs> right in close to home. Look. I'm not funny, and I think I'm funny, so I could spot someone who thinks they're funny and isn't funny a mile away. That's kind of my whole shtick here. Um, the defense rests. This movie sucks. Uh, Craig, dude, you, still got, you still got 20 seconds, dude. You got to keep that's talking. That's all I got. No, no you, it's, like, got. it's like a filibuster. You got to keep going. No, dude, maybe 15 if you seconds. had some actual criticism, you could fill the full two minutes. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, we'll go ahead and cut it off early then. We don't want to waste Ouch. people's time here. But uh, all right. Yeah, no, that was a... Dude, I was I feel like you kind of missed the boat like not going into like actual written film criticism for like newspapers, dude. There was some straight Gene Shallot like puns in the in that review, dude. That was Appreciate like you. Appreciate the the, I think the, you the Times bring that mustache back actually. The calendar <laughs> section of the Times would absolutely grab some of those and throw them on the promotional materials. Can we pause so he can just go shave down to the Gene Shallot mustache real quick? <laughs> yeah. I can do that. I can do that. Thankfully, he's already wearing suspenders, so. <laughs> and a the giant will white never afro. Know. The listeners will never know. Bushy-ass hair. Hey, but you got to admit, though, dude, for a dude his age, he did have a lot of hair, and, and good on him for that. You yeah. talking about me or Gene Shallot? I'm talking about both Gene. of you. Oh, Gene that's right. But, no, I'm talking about Gene. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, very nice. Craig, we are going to go to you for a one-minute rebuttal. Let me go here. Reset the clock. Ready, set, and go. Disclaimer, the Repeat Viewing Podcast does not agree with or condone or uh, <laughs> stand behind anything said about Taylor Swift. And Taylor, we are stands of Taylor Swift on the Repeat Viewing Podcast. I am happy to give up 15 seconds for this disclaimer. Uh, honestly, Ryan and Jason, I... I can see why you would see this as not a good horror movie, but I think, like I said, I believe it's a satire through and through, which is why it plays so heavily on the uh, function of the perspectives in the story. Um, I agree with you, Jason, that it could have been shot better. There are a couple of moments that I would have thought would have worked better if they were shot a little flashier. But uh, honestly... I stand behind everything I said still. I think that uh, one of the reasons Tudyk is not a big character in this is because he's a huge character in everything he does, and he wanted to play a slightly more grounded character. So he wasn't doing full slapstick the whole movie, especially because once he starts to get injured, his physical comedy comes into play. I think you should rewatch all the kills. I think if you think they're repetitive, you're missing the point. One guy runs into a branch because he's not paying attention. Cut off, cut off. That's a minute. Nope, nope. Done, 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 done. And no, I am not taking that suggestion. I am not rewatching any of this goddamn movie. I'm sorry. I was waiting to hear him just go down the list of how many people ran into branches. Yeah, no, you're like, only one person ran into a branch. That was what I was going to say. One person ran into a branch. Well, you know, like no, there was multiple people. No, okay, so nope. one person one. technically runs into a bit branch that's coming out of the ground, and then someone else falls into a spike a that's coming up from the ground. No, it's their own spear that and they're carrying. one person just straight kung fu jump attacks into a goddamn wood chipper. Um, what are some other ones that I'm missing here? Uh, the impaling uh, on the face by the police officer from the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That oh, was telegraphed the weed whacker, a mile The weed whacker to that girl's face? Yeah. That was, like, that was, yeah. yeah. We weren't what sure kind of, another one. We weren't sure what that was. Because we I was like, I have weed whackers. I, I've experienced them hitting my arm, and, and it hurts, but 
it certainly didn't even break skin, let alone like just completely shred the entire face. At that point, the director just <laughs> ran out of shit and was like, what else we got laying around? What's in that shed over there? Yeah, we'll use that. Bring it in. Also, I love that. Uh, what is it? The girl, the girl. Yeah, she's like, wow, sure is a lot of gas and moonshine around here. Might as well have me a smoke. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Craig, I'm just glad there's no bad blood between you and Taylor Swift. Oh, man, okay. All oh right, guess. so oh that is a well, right. Yeah, he has his whole, his whole, you can't see it here because he's got his little office, but uh, his bedroom is nothing but posters of Taylor Swift. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> out yet, covering right? the walls. And very classy, <laughs> tasteful pictures, by the way. I'm not some kind of fucking animal, okay? That, that, that's <laughs> not he true. Took, he <laughs> took them himself from uh, uh, the tree outside her window. It, Whoa. Yeah, really, it's yeah. Yeah. very artistic. He says, he's, he's like, he, I was going to say, he says that, but I'm looking very clearly at a Brazzers picture. That is, has Taylor Swift's face reimposed over the actresses. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. Uh, well. I mean, I would expect that from me being from Florida, but not you, Craig. I had higher standards for you. <laughs> you should be better than that, Craig. Yeah. Well, I, I like to think of myself standard. as worldly, you know. I, I like to get around and try uh, as many things as possible, but That's only true. regarding Pornhub or Brazzers. Yeah, or, uh, and Taylor whatever. Swift. Right. I also like that we uh, were all very uh, intimately familiar with Pornhub, Brazzers, and Playboy, and the Hustler store. Like we are some high character individuals, yo. Mm-hmm. But no one, mm-hmm. no one gets my Taylor Swift puns when I say bad blood. Uh, you know, I see where our I've heads never, are. I've never listened no, to not. an album. So. Yeah, go figure. I'm actually not a teenage girl, Ryan. Maybe yeah, no, my exactly. voice indicates otherwise. But you know, yeah, right. We, we are all the sort of man that you want to bring home to meet, meet mother. One hundred percent. Yeah. Is that a Taylor all Swift right. reference? <laughs> I don't know. That I don't know. Yeah, it could be or could not be. Who knows? Either way, even, it's like, if a Taylor valid. Swift song was on, I couldn't even tell you that it was Taylor Swift. Right? I mean, I'm, only, I'm just kind of loosely like going along with the joke. Here. <laughs> All right, I've heard the name. It's up All to right. you to save this. I mean, it even though Seamus. we've already put in more facts than the other team. Please, please, facts. <laughs> what are facts? We are in an opinion. Uh, based uh, era here, guys. Okay, yeah, yeah, facts. Yeah. We are sadly. Facts there, can be alternative. No truth okay, <laughs> facts can be anything you want anymore. So pasha to your facts. You you brought facts onto this show. Uh, we're bringing hot takes. We are bringing yeah. spicy takes, and that's all anyone wants here? right now. Okay, right. I picked the wrong era to start debating stuff, didn't I? Facts. Yeah, this guy shows up to baseball practice wearing shoulder pads. Like, what are you even doing? Here? Wrong. Seamus. Get ready. Yes. Two minutes on the clock. Ready, set, and go. All right. I'll say right off the bat, I think the reason maybe I don't remember the uh, the Sally Field things coming up when we recorded about it is this, like, for most of the episode until Mrs. Doubtfire was uh, mentioned, I, I, for some reason, was thinking Sally Struthers the whole time. And I was just like, <laughs> that's weird. I, I could have sworn I would have remembered Sally Struthers' son directed this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, anyway, to get that out of the way. So... <laughs> <laughs> Back to Tucker and Dale, uh, you know, okay, so yeah, I, I said roughly, I think it's a B, which means, yeah, obviously, I don't think it's like a masterwork. I don't think it's the best of the best or anything, but, but the thing I, I like about it, as someone who's not a fan of the slasher horror genre because of the sheer stupidity and, and reliance on just like, you know, ridiculous decision making, I did I did like this as as a slapstick, like comedy of errors and misinterpretation. In, uh, misinterpretation of other people's stations in life. I thought it was it was a fun little take on, you know, that like the 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 guys who are supposed to be the deliverance scary hillbillies, are like the two nice the two nicest guys, like that you could 
possibly ever meet. Like they're, they're two gentle souls, good friends, very supportive of each other. And I think their friendship is what carries the movie, even if like a lot of the 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 teenagers or the college kids are, yeah, they're, they're, you know, cardboard throwaway characters for sure, just as they are in almost any slasher uh, franchise. But I mean, I think the strength of it is their friendship. And I just love the fact that, yeah, I mean, these two, these guys couldn't be any nicer or, or like genuine human beings. And the fact that because they're poor white trash, like these out of towners just assume they must be psychotic killers. So, I mean, I think on that level, it works. All right. Uh, Ten more seconds if you want to throw anything else out there. Freebird! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the villain is named Chad. I think the satire is in that right yeah, away. No, Ch- yeah, Chad is such a dick. He really is. I mean, they take his character to an extreme, by the way. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, once again, Craig, if you want to throw uh, your stopwatch on here, we're going to do one minute for old Jason. But uh, I'm going to do a pretty good job regulating here. And... Uh-huh. <laughs> ready set and go okay so here's the thing you uh, Seamus you mentioned the whole like misinterpretation acts, uh, aspect and that's the thing is the setup of this film is entirely attractive like I really liked the idea of this movie uh the whole again misunderstanding it's like a, it's like a very classic sort of sitcom right situation comedy this is the situation it's a misunderstanding we mind that for laughs it should work but the problem is that the film is way too lazy to actually mine any sort of comedy about it. So it gets by. Here's the thing. Alan Tudyk and the, and the other guy, relatively likable. I'll give you that, okay? But I think that the film coasts on the likability of the actors. And so instead of putting a lot of effort into really mining the script for comedy and jokes, they're like, ah, well, everybody will like them because they're so nice. And, and they were just sort of content to leave that at that. And, you know, again, I, I mentioned this before, but the throwaway characters, they're they are too throwaway. They're too throwaway. That's a uh, I like how you got the last rebuttal in the structure of yeah. this debate. <laughs> <laughs> right? Who, who gets the old last word now? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, we still have final thoughts, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, very, uh, again, I expect Jerry Springer level of insight here. How do I throw uh, in, a chair through the fucking internet? What the fuck? That's bullshit. We're not going to get that Within level. 30 seconds. No, Don't no, final thoughts. Baby. Final thoughts was when he come on at the end and like drop the like sobering one minute's worth of like, let's all get along, which oh, okay. he just you spent, just you know, Jerry 59 Springer minutes encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was his like, I don't know his his get out of jail free card, right? If anybody's like you incite violence, he's like, no, nah, but I come on at the end and I talk about how wrong it was. That makes it okay. Life lessons from Jerry Springer. That's that's how I learned <laughs> yeah. everything I need to know. He's yeah. like he's like peacemaker. He's like I love peace and I'll kill every man, woman, and child I have to. Get. <laughs> yeah, dude, didn't um, he run for office at one point? I think Running he did. Yeah, he was he was the mayor of Cincinnati. He was yeah. the mayor. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Interesting. That's that's nuts, dude. <laughs> didn't he run for governor too, though. After that, Probably. anyway. Uh, you know, once you get started, should have been he would have been a better president uh, <laughs> than other people. So can't imagine who you're talking about. No. All right, guys. Final thoughts. We are going to have 30 seconds. And actually, Craig, I did not give myself the final word. I gave your boy Seamus the final <laughs> word. So okay. I don't even want to hear none of that. Uh, once again, uh, we are going to uh, have this be timed. So a strict 30 seconds. Craig, you're starting us off. Ready, set and go. 
Uh, you know, I don't know where the hate's coming from, guys, to be honest with you. I don't think this film coasts at all. I think there's lots of really great comedy. I think that what the tone uh, attempted was, uh, sorry, the tone that was intended, I think, would have been betrayed by far too many jokes, like too much slapstick or too many, you know, diving into certain situations in the movie to make them funnier. I think... The tone plays perfectly to get across the misinterpretation of the suicide pact. I think the suicide pact joke works really That's well. That's 30 seconds, times. and you have I made your point, sir. If anything else, we'll have to be saved for another day. Thank you, okay. Mr. Craig. I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to text you endlessly opinion. after this. It doesn't matter what's on this podcast. <laughs> we're actually going to play Academy wrong, Award music when we edit it. It's just going to swell, and that's how we're getting you guys off. <laughs> very on, good I'm, all right but i'm mark Ryan. landau i'm gonna keep talking i'm just gonna keep talking <laughs> uh personally i'm gonna play roberto benini and go crawling through the aisles myself i thought that was a classic movie. i'm gonna play adrian brody and make out with holly berry when i get up there like a, <laughs> ryan like a cool 30 dude, seconds like get cool ready dude. get set and here we go gentlemen i listened to your episode uh and you fawned over this movie way more than you did cabin in the woods uh, so your uh, opinions are instantly invalidated in closing, I'm going to say that this film starts in a place you never return to and ends in an unsatisfactory conclusion you never want to watch again. The characters are all incredibly forgettable and easily replaced, and the kills are so redundant that this piece of hot garbage can only be enjoyed by two hosts of a podcast entitled Repeat Viewing. Oh, damn, and that's 30 seconds. All right, well, wow. see you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't give him the final word, dude. That can't yeah, be the final word. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Take so... your 30 seconds and just say fuck you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> just draw it out. Fuck. Um, okay, uh, Jason, my man Jason, a.k.a. me, getting 30 seconds right now. Here we go. I've used this metaphor on the show before, and I'm going to say that this film suffers from classic Brookie syndrome. What do I mean by Brookie syndrome? Brookie, for those that don't know, combination brownie and cookie. My opinion, it's the worst of both worlds, okay? In trying to combine these two things and make it superior, you get inferior brownie and inferior cookie. It's exactly what we have with bad horror comedy. Like Tucker and Dale, the comedy comes down many steps, the horror comes down many steps, and instead of good of both, I get good of neither. And bam. Uh, pretty succinct there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to debate you on the brookie one of these days. Uh, <laughs> I know you. I always bring it up, and you love it. And I just, I'm sorry. I bro. know, I'm right? Sorry. And you keep driving the point home and breaking my heart. <laughs> it's a, it's such a perfect metaphor. It, perfect except metaphor. for that it's foul. It's, ton, uh, it's a failed metaphor. There's nothing good there. <laughs> All right, Seamus, you get the final thirty seconds here. Get ready, get set, and go. Well, yeah, I, I did recall that we did Cabin in the Woods roughly at the same time. And I think both of the films like are trying to, you know, gender bend um, or I'm sorry, not gender bend, but <laughs> genre bend, uh, genre bend. And, you know, they neither of them hit 100 percent. But I think, again, the, the strength of the two primary characters, uh, the you know, the kind of cute love story and the fact that, you know, they wrap up Chad's character, the 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 villain tying back to the initial like murder out in the in the forest that this cabin is bought in that's 30 home. you are it done didn't, sir it never came back to it it never explained that, that, that you don't get any more time either all time is done all time <laughs> is done no more well, discussions about I, anything. I will just say if this if this movie genre bends its pronouns are bad and worse <laughs> <laughs> i do find it interesting jason that you said that you find horror movies to be typically a visual uh, genre or visual feast yeah. I think that that is a complete fallacy dude there are so many shitty looking horror movies I think like 4% horror movies out there actually look good 
Okay, oh, well, so I, I think he said horror movies. <laughs> oh, oh, movies yeah. about horrors always look no, beautiful. No, okay, yeah, my, I mean, bad. W, my bad. My bad. No, no, I'm with you then. Yeah, yeah, they're beautiful. I, I, I will I will take this moment to amend and say okay rather rather than strictly visual which you know again sort of improv and shit at the top I would say it's more of just like an audio visual it's more of like it's an atmosphere right it's a mood so it's not the dialogue that sets that it's not the mm-hmm. um, you know to a degree the acting does but really it's that combination of the cinematography along with the sound design so I would say mm-hmm. it's kind of almost like a music video where it's a marriage of the two right uh, just to yeah. full, further explain so not to talk about this movie anymore but i will say (laughs) that i think it's interesting that seamus and i have both seen it three times at least and our feelings about it have not changed whatsoever i think that's very interesting too it Mm -hmm. means you have bad taste (laughs) Mm. you know one thing i would say is that like the sheriff character i i would have much rather seen sally struthers (laughs) that's fair that's fair for just 10 cents a day you too can fund a small town sheriff dude okay what Um, about what about plot twist tucker and dale now played by sally field and sally struthers respectively see i'm in now you've got got this is the sequel this is a sequel this is about their moms this is about their moms yeah, Mrs. Down. Tucker and Mrs. Dale versus mm-hmm. Mrs. Evil, actually. We'll see. That'll yeah, be a fucking cool title, Evil. too. I'm in. I don't know. I see. I think you understand the spirit of this movie better than you're admitting, Jason. But anyway. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start law school at night tonight. Just so the next time we do this, I'm going to be more prepared and be able to annihilate <laughs> in court. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I fully expect to have you guys back on again uh, to do this and many other episodes. So. Um, listeners, this is not the last time you will be hearing from our boys, Craig and Seamus. Uh, guys, really appreciate you coming on the show. It's always fun to hang out, have these repeat discussions. Repeat viewing. Go check them out. Yep. Repeat viewing podcast available wherever you listen. And for now, guys, we actually, speaking of friends of the show, we got a couple more. You guys remember them from last month's first bonus episode. Going to go ahead and throw it to our boys for Eric and Javon's pros and cons. Do you like to flip through pictures of Chris Pratt selfies but feel weird about doing it for two hours? Then boy, do we have a film for you. Join Chris Pratt and his ragtag group of ninja scientists while they fight aliens and practice looking into the camera with all three emotions, anger, grief, and badassiness. We have time travel. We have aliens. We have the dude from State Farm. We have everything a classic war movie should have. Plus time travel and aliens. Back-to-back father-daughter gunfights. Back-to-back father-son gunfights. And of course, the lovable black guy. Spoiler alert, he makes it to the end of the movie. So join us for tomorrow, War. Because why save your war for today when you can do it tomorrow? Hey, thanks, Ryan and Jason. This is Eric and Jay Vaughn, friends of the show. This is going to be Eric and Javon's pros and cons, where we uh, go over movies that are off the beaten path from where Ryan and Jason would normally go. We're going to be breaking down our pros and cons act by act of a different movie uh, as much as we can get airtime. This week, we are going over the movie that's on Amazon Prime streaming right now called Tomorrow War, starring Chris Pratt. Eric, since we all know you love Chris Pratt, he's actually asked for you to stop sending the letters. Why don't you start with the pros of the movie as if I don't know what you're going to say. Full disclosure, Star-Lord is my man crush. There, I've said it. It's out there. That also ties into my pros. 
uh, Star-Lord and the State Farm guy being in this movie. I didn't know another soul in this entire film, but uh, that's where I'm going with that. I like I, I like Star-Lord. And if Star-Lord would have been in this movie, it would have been 100% better. But it wasn't Star-Lord. Oh, no. Star Make no mistake. He was Star-Lord. He's Star-Lord in every movie. It's just a matter of what version of Star-Lord you're getting. Star-Lord had charisma and writing, uh, things that this movie lacked. I Whoa, will... That is hurtful. Well, I disagree. I, I, I happen to enjoy this movie. Mostly. So we'll, we'll start with the first act. What was your favorite part uh, about the first act besides the fact that you saw Chris Pratt uh, on film? All right, pro. Chris Pratt is a Green Beret, we find out in this movie. Shout out to my Army people out there. Keep it, keep it green, baby. And where um, do Green Berets go after they retire? Apparently, all of them go to teaching. <laughs> Biology, apparently, or chemistry of some sort. Well, if you've seen Substitute 1, 2, 3, or 4, that's what they do. Pro, for me, in the first act of the movie, we do establish that. I think you're a little aggressive with the pro there. I think you need to just back that down a little bit. It just came off a little salty. I'm trying to try to project some pros instead of spending a bunch of time talking about the cons. Pro for me, that we establish time travel, aliens, and an extension-level event in the first act of the movie. True. That was Con. all good. Everybody that's going to die in the movie, they don't bother to develop, so it doesn't matter. Chris Pratt has a conversation with a little girl on the couch who seems like she's a neighbor's kid. Turns out it's his daughter. There's no charisma with him whatsoever. And we really don't even know if Chris Pratt lives in this house that he's at. If this were Star Trek, everyone's wearing a red shirt except for Chris Pratt and like three other people. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Everyone here is going to die. Everyone is human Jones or Johnson, the people that don't make it back. And Chris Pratt tries to reassure him that it's going to be okay, but... It really doesn't seem like it's going to be. I love the amalgamation of time travel, aliens, and ass-kicking. That was definitely a pro for me. Uh, Khan, this is full of plot holes that uh, could be shot throughout just about every part of this movie. But I digress. Khan, for me, they're kidnapping people that live in 2022 to go fight a war in 2050. and That's a matter of perspective. You say kidnapping, and I say conscripted. I mean, it's just two totally different things. People took him forcibly from one place to another. Uh, they gave him the option? Gave him a metal bionic commando bracelet and told him you have seven days to get your affairs in order. No, 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 no. He had 24 hours to get his shit together. He had seven-day tour duty. That, Correct. which I find is a pro. Anybody who's done a tour overseas in seven days, I can do that shit standing on my head. So, every seven days, they have a time travel jump. Uh, apparently, the aliens sleep on Sundays or the Sabbath. I don't roll on Shavis. And that's when time travel is possible. So we go to the second act of the movie. Pro for me, we establish all the characters that you immediately know are going to make it and not make it. Uh, pro for me, uh, tours of duty are seven days. Also, uh, another pro for me, we get to see some uh, live action combat. There are some up close and personal scenes with uh, the, the team and said aliens. So it gets into it fairly quickly and you realize that everyone is effed. Pro for me, we meet uh, the uh, crazy people that have re-enlisted uh, that are on team We Don't Get Eaten, uh, which if there was a team Get Eaten and Not Get Eaten, I want to be on team Not Get Eaten, uh, where uh, we see some of As the people As opposed to that, team Eat Everything, which is what you've been doing I have so been far. on team Eat Everything, but you know we've been <laughs> locked down and food is delicious. We're so. on team Gravy over here. <laughs> <laughs> which bothers me. Con, fat guy in the movie is definitely alien food, and even he knows it, and they don't even try to train these people properly. So Khan, for me, 
is that they go through the trouble of explaining how time travel works, but they don't bother until after the first alien fight to say, oh yeah, by the way, you gotta shoot them in the neck or the belly because they're bulletproof everywhere else. So con for me that they're just serving up humanity. I think I know why only 30% of the people return. I think it's because of the crappy uh, on-the-job training. Don't tell me about time travel. How about you tell me how to kill these things? I would think that'd be in the beginning of the movie. That's a con for me. Uh, that was also a con for me, the lack of training there. Uh, they didn't really expand upon it. They, there's like a brief scene where they talk about, hey, make sure you shoot in the biggest mass target area. But I would think that if this is the only way to bring down this horrifying beast that you would tell me, hey, dumbass, you got to shoot this thing in the gut to kill it. May have been helpful. Con for me, being reassured by Chris Pratt instead of him saying, hey, this is how you use this machine gun. Don't just tell me everything's going to be okay, Chris Pratt, and stare at me. I know that'll work for my co-host. I believe he prefers Star-Lord. I would prefer Star-Lord. <laughs> but either way, being reassured by Chris Pratt, either about dinosaurs or aliens, does not comfort me. Uh, this movie put me in a weird place because it actually made me think to myself, if I was in Star-Lord's situation here, how many of my fellow He's soldiers... He's not Star-Lord. That's inconsequential to the story He's here. Andy Dwyer, then. How dare you? Uh, I immediately thought to myself, how many of my fellow soldiers am I going to have to kill right off rip to make sure that I live through this event? Because these people are clearly undertrained and have no idea what they're doing. I would not walk in front of these people while they're holding a gun. I will say that they didn't even give these people a uniform. Uh, it looked like people were like... <laughs> Some dude's wearing a chef hat at one point in the movie. There's it's definitely a dude wearing a chef hat going to war. Uh, a lot of these people look like they're dressed for a red-eye flight to Miami on Spirit Airlines. Uh, it doesn't seem like uh, they're going to survive. And at some parts of the movie, uh, one of the experienced soldiers says, hey, uh, you're not going to make it uh, to one of our favorite characters. That was actually characters. a pro for me. I liked that he was, he was brutally honest. We don't have time for bullshit here. Dude, you're going to die. Stay away from me. But lovable black guy character actually took his advice and hid for seven days. So, Which takes us into act three. Pro, the black guy survives. Shocking. Act three, con, was act three. So we skip ahead <laughs> to where the movie could have already concluded. We go to present day Antarctica. And for me, the con was that the movie went on for about 30 minutes longer than we had needed it to. I, I agree. The movie could have ended with Chris Pratt coming back. You know, you don't go on after the money shot. There's not an, ex, an additional scene that's shot after that. The money shot, done. Deal. Chris Pratt comes back. That is the money shot. They oh, should humanity. have cut the credits and gave us the Remember the Titans uh, so-and-so <laughs> went on to work at, uh, at Radio Shack. Easy. You do a montage. You do it silently. You put black and white pictures. Show them producing the vaccine. They're all happy. Vaccine. The, uh, the anti-venom, whatever the hell they're producing. Whatever's going to kill said aliens. Is that what it was? It was a toxin. It, that part didn't work for me. Pro, this is the first time I've ever seen a chemistry montage where they're getting the riboflavins together and the polypeptides and they're showing them coming together. Uh, Chris Pratt and his future daughter working on it together. Uh, it was a very short chemistry montage, but I know they don't get their due. Uh, it was almost as much fun as seeing uh, Danielson's uh, montage. No references to Cobra Kai in this, in this podcast. Uh, it was um, Karate Kid, buddy. Pro! At the end of the movie, it was kind of clever that they tried to say that humans were their own undoing because we basically thawed out these aliens to come kill us. Uh, because we're rotten people. So I guess Leonardo DiCaprio was right. We should all drive Priuses or 
be eaten by <laughs> 10-foot aliens that can knock over Humvees and shoot spikes. Out Look, of man, claws. those things were effing scary. Whoever put this movie together was not on the alien disclosure PR team. There's one part of the movie where they say, can we see pictures of what we're going against? And the training lady uh, tells her, if you saw pictures of what you were going against, we'd never get you to go. Which I found was funny because they kidnapped him in the first place. They didn't kidnap him. They got drafted. It's different. Forcibly drafted immediately. It's for the, it's for the sake of humanity. I have to agree. Uh, the aliens, when you do finally get to see them, they're about 10 feet tall. They have tentacles like Dr. Octopus. They shoot out these uh, razor claws and they're pretty much bulletproof. Uh, they definitely tell you why we're losing this war. That and the terrible training program <laughs> is why only 30% of people come back. And when they come back, they're missing limbs and, and are in alien support groups. Yeah, the alien support groups was definitely uh, pivotal for that. So wrapping up on the third act, you know, we obviously had mixed emotions about it. Would you recommend this movie to, do you think you had more pros or cons? Uh, definitely more pros. Uh, a lot yourself, 20 minutes less time than the movie has in it. Just leave when Chris Pratt comes back. After that, you can pretty much walk away clean from this movie and feel pretty strong about it. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Uh, as much as the writing left something to be desired, uh, if you don't watch the entire movie, then... It's actually a pretty good flick. You it's will the last 20 it. minutes that really ruined it for me. Exactly. They got a little greedy. They wanted us to see uh, one more back-to-back father-son gunfight. Oh, you know, another con. Too much discussion about the Miami Dolphins. Nobody likes the Dolphins. People on the Dolphins don't even like the Dolphins. <laughs> but that's going uh, to be Eric and Javon's pros and cons on Tomorrow War. Go uh, see it. I, don't see it. I see it. Go see it. Just not the last 20 minutes. <laughs> or the first 40 minutes. <laughs> hey, back to you, Ryan and Jason. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Javon and Eric. Appreciate you guys. Love having you on the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so I actually have an exclusive interview for you guys that we're going to do right now. Now, Ryan actually could not be here in just the last few minutes when we were listening to uh, Javon and Eric. There was a break-in at the peanut factory that he co-owns. And so he had to run down there and take care of business real quick. We don't really know exactly what happened, but I'm being told that apparently there's a gang of suspicious elephants that might be behind the act. It's a developing story with more to come. If I hear anything before the end of this episode, I'll be sure to let you guys know. But uh, yeah, so he had to tap out real quick. I'm going to go ahead and take this one solo. Not to worry, guys. Your captain will steer this ship. So, uh, yeah, so what we've got for you today here is we actually have an exclusive interview. Now, the gentleman that I'm about to bring out is a man by the name of Genji Wilson, okay? And Genji Wilson is known as the optimistic arsonist. Please welcome to the show, Genji Wilson. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing tremendous, Genji. How are you today? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, it's a shame your friend Ryan wasn't here. Uh, that's part of why I came. Came over to set the record straight a little bit uh, about uh, my grandpappy, who the character was based on from Grave of the Fireflies that helped those little children uh, burn each other towards the end of the movie. Uh, it's a sad, somber ending. Uh, and you guys had some criticisms about my grandpappy and the way he handled things, but that's just the way we are. We're optimistic arsonists we come from a long line of optimistic arsonists 
uh, from Japan. Now, I do want to clear up something here real quick for the yes, listeners. Uh, yes, just what before I came we do for, continue. So now, Mr. Wilson here, uh, he is generally referred to as the optimistic arsonist. The if optimistic you actually arsonist. Watched, yes, yes. <laughs> if you uh, watch Grave of the Fireflies, you'll recall at the end of the episode that there was a gentleman who was helping Saita uh, get some materials f- to basically uh, cremate his his younger sister who had just Help passed that away. little boy. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was a good and thing. And Genji Wilson is the one that helped him, and he is not only known as the optimistic arsonist. Wow, that's kind of a mouthful, the optimistic arsonist. It is, a little bit yes. of a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. But the like store itself... <laughs> but the store itself is called the optimistic arsonist. So, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about what exactly you all do over there. Well, you know, we're um, an arsonist uh, consultation and supply store from, uh, you know, birthday candles to burning man. We'll, we'll help you with your burning needs all the way uh, down the line. Uh, I've been been doing this uh, with my family for many, many generations, Jason. So, uh, you know, we come from a long line of happy burners uh, all the way from Japan and in the uh, ancient days of old. Uh, we've been doing this for many, many years. Of course, of course. Now, Genji, I gotta, I gotta tell you something. So, I mean, you're you're saying you're the optimistic arsonist, and that you sell arson materials. Yeah. So yes. you you're 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 helping people to start our arson. Is is is? Am I hearing this correctly? Well, you know, I mean, uh, we all have burning needs from time to time, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, my family has been. Been uh, in that business for many years. Uh, I myself have got uh, had got my start from the Yankee Doodle Candle Company. Uh, I was a bit of a black sheep in my family. Uh, my family were optimists, but uh, I decided I wanted to add a little bit of flamboyance and and flair and pizzazz with the the smells and and uh, the way a candle would flicker would make me so happy and joyful in my younger years and i just really wanted to share some of that flamboyance with the world and i brought our business into a brand new direction but uh yeah you know uh, we've been doing this for for many generations. As I previously stated, the character from that movie, Grave of the Fireflies, was based on my grandfather. Uh, he was the happiest mm. burner of them all. Uh, and uh, I, I did meet him when I was younger. Uh, he brought our family over to the States. In 1950, we landed on Ellis Island. Uh, and he changed our last name from Setsuko to Wilson. That's how I became <laughs> Genji Wilson. Uh, because he was trying to avoid uh, the stereotypes surrounding optimistic Japanese. We were so known mm. uh, as happy people, and uh, we really wanted to avoid some of that and, and ground ourselves in reality with the things that were going on in the country at that time. So, uh, Genji Wilson I became, and uh, so, so forth I will have been ever since. Yes, yes, that makes sense. Now, so, one of, the, what really kind of is interesting to me, Genji, is the whole notion of you providing consultations because not only do you provide the actual yes, materials, yes. but you'll provide consultation services we to do. people who are interested in is performing arson. So I guess my question to you is like, you know, for me, I, I'm I'm just the type of person I am. Like I would really never consider arson as a solution to anything. So what type of people are coming to you for these consultations and how do those consultations work? What sort of advice are you offering them? Well, I think you'd be surprised, Jason. Uh, some of the services that we can provide for people to help them. Uh, I know that, uh, so the story goes, many generations ago, my forefathers provided uh, certain 
arsonistic services for stoking the fires of Mordor from the Lord of the Rings. And uh, our first oh, wow, consultation, our first consult. Yeah, I know we were, <laughs> we, we were we're going way back now. Uh, and uh, our first consultation was we were brought in by the eye of Sauron to help him uh, with the specific fire mixtures he would need to get that certain hue of orange around the eye mm. uh, as he would come up to Gandalf and those little fellas uh, and let them know the business. Uh, he needed to be dressed appropriately, and how he would dress is obviously fire. Uh, so uh, I'll give you an example now. Uh, you need the chemical mixtures uh, just right to avoid it turning things like pink. Uh, because he is an mm. eye, you wouldn't want to be uh, Mr. Old Pink Eye. Uh, that would be humiliating. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I will P- P- also is generally a bad thing. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. He would have been not taken as seriously as the Grand Master of Evil, right? So, uh, and then also, uh, as you are uh, embracing battle and, and all of that, uh, you need to make sure those chemical mixtures uh, to create that also do not provide too much smoke, uh, as then they mm. would see you coming. Now, it doesn't help that the fella was. 30 stories tall in the middle of a desolate <laughs> wasteland and and they could kind of see him uh, projected through Gandalf's wizardry. But uh, the smoke also, uh, you know, would give away our positioning as we were moving into Helm's Deep and Pelennor Fields. And and so that's how the story goes. Uh, you know, uh, we have mm. moved on since. Um, uh, my great-great-great-grandpappy, for example, uh, owned a pitchfork and torches company uh, back in old Slovenia. And uh, he provided the villagers with pitchforks and torches for all their protesting needs. And uh, uh, so the story goes, his wife took those pitchforks in an awful divorce and left him only with the torches. And uh, so our family's trajectory was set. Uh, She was quite the devil. We later burned her at the stake as we claimed she was a witch. Oh, wow. Wow, that's that, yes, that, yes. that took a hard turn there. Yeah, no, but I mean, yes. Hey, so you know, she th- had this is what she during was a bitch. <laughs> and this is this is when during the Salem witch trials. Uh, yes, yeah. Well, you know, it was an old Slovenia and in, uh, in Europe, and uh, it was around the time of Frankenstein's monsters and uh, Dracula's yeah, and things. We that's uh, kind of the vibe was I was be- before we had migrated to Japan. We were in Europe. Uh, we were a European folk, uh, and uh, we were providing people from certain evils uh, of the world and the land at that time. Uh, consider us a provider of resources for those like Van Hislin and, uh, and the like, mm, you know, yes, uh, giving them what yes. they need to fight off and ward evil, uh, you know, including but not limited to uh, my great-great-great-grandpappy's uh, ex-wife. Rest her <laughs> soul. Absolutely. Now, you know, I, I have to, I'm, I'm kind of left to wonder, you know, there's got to be some sort of, unseen challenges that sort of accompany the arson supply and consultation business. And I, yes, and I think that our, all of our listeners yeah, would appreciate easy. maybe a, a little, yeah, I think our listeners would appreciate a little peek behind that curtain. Can you uh, tell us about some of these challenges? Well, for starters, you know, like a good old Sunday barbecue, this uh, burning business is an endurance race. It's not a sprint. You uh, don't need to stoke the fire so hot so quickly, uh, otherwise you'll burn out. Uh, so definitely pace yourself. Uh, that's lesson number one uh, that I'm, I was taught as a very young child. Also, the patience necessary was taught to me in that Yankee Doodle Candle Company. Those candles don't just burn on down. Now, Jason, they uh, you know take a while to simmer. And uh, you, when you're burning someone at the stake uh, or, or warding off evils, these are some of the things you, know, you definitely want to 
approach that with patience. I'll, I'll also say, uh, since we've come to America and moved into a modern age, these damn union regulations and paperwork are really getting us down in this business, and uh, we've been forced to change directions and shift and move as the culture has demanded. Uh, that's definitely been some of the great challenges we've uh, faced. Also, lastly, uh, when you are burning things like witches and the like, or children, uh, or an ex-wife, uh, earplugs are always recommended for the screaming. Uh, that can be definitely <laughs> ear-piercing and, and take you out of your optimistic uh, point of view. Because at the end of the day, Jason, we're an optimistic arsonistic company. And that's uh, really what sets us apart from other arsonists. Because there are other arsonists out there. We just do it with a smile on our face. Uh, you know, uh, since, since uh, my grandpappy got well known from that movie, Grave of the Fireflies, that you all discussed and poked fun at uh, along the way about my grandpappy's optimistic point of view. Uh, you I know, don't he, know that we made too much fun of him. I think we were fairly respectful. Oh, I think Ryan knows what he did, and, and I'm <laughs> sure he's remorseful for it, but uh, he's not here for uh, me to confront, maybe. so you're going to have to take the brunt of this argument now. Uh, uh, I yeah, will yeah, say, yeah, I get it. Uh, since we got some notoriety from Hollywood and those Hollywood highfalutin types, I will say... Uh, uh, we uh, we changed our motto in the late 80s to fireflies when you're having fun. We thought that was kitschy and kind of hit all the boxes. We deal with fire and, and uh, flies and, and having fun. I, you know, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, no, and I guess, uh, you know, I have to admit, I don't think I could maintain your cheery optimism in the wake of all this tragedy that's going on, so... I mean, it it's sounds like a sometimes. super depressing yeah, job. Yes, yes. We, you know, uh, have moved on now and, and had to roll with the punches in recent years. We did provide the tiki torches for those Republicans down in uh, uh, Carolina that decided to march against mm. things. They sure look silly, but uh, it's all we had at the time. We were <laughs> just a meager family of simple means. And so we gave them some tiki torches we had picked up from the local Home Depot and uh, they marched out there in the silly polo shirts. But, uh, you know, we got paid the check. <laughs> And, and we moved on. We we tried to slingshot some of that Hollywood highfalutin success, and we've we've managed to come across on some bigger bigger contracts uh, from here and uh, time to time. Uh, things like the Wicker Man, and and uh, we burned Nick Nick Cage and that big old Wicker Man. That was uh, really difficult to do because of all the bees that they decided to bring in last minute. Those bees kind of mm-hmm. stole my thunder. Uh, and the, even the Human Torch on Fantastic Four. That was a great um, project, and uh, we had a lot of fun on that one. Excellent. Well, geez, you know, I mean, Genji, it sounds like you've sure accomplished a lot here. I mean, I guess my question is, where does someone like you even go from here? I mean, do you have any sort of, like, bucket list items or anything that maybe you can share with us today before we go? Well, you know, uh, uh, some of our more recent projects that you could find us online, we've been doing gender reveal parties over on the West Coast in California. It's been a lot of fun, boy or girl, it doesn't matter. Uh, we just blow things up and, and uh, celebrate uh, the times. But uh, that got Absolutely. old and we caught under... Pardon the pun, we got under a little fire for that one. Uh, you know, things didn't go the way we planned on a couple of them. So uh, what we're <laughs> shifting to now are conception reveal parties where me and my um. son, who's now the new generation of the optimistic arsonistic companies, uh, we will hide in your closet. And when you're having sex and conceiving your youngest, uh, we will pop out last minute. Uh, with the little fireworks, the sparklers, and and uh, surprise, you know, and and get, <laughs> give you a, a really momentous occasion. We'll take some Polaroids of your 
your loved ones or your significant other or just a random whore on a Tuesday night, you know, to add a little flair and spice so you could take it to the office and say, look at this, you know, little selfies and we get a little selfie stick in there, bring some cake and uh, yeah, we make a whole thing of it. So uh, definitely keep us in mind. Uh, Genji Wilson's Optimistic Awesomeness Supply and Consultation Company uh, for all your future future uh, conception reveal party needs. We've been doing a <laughs> lot of business with that as we come out of this pandemic and people are fucking. So uh, it's been doing really well. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, there you go, guys. You heard it here. If you uh, have any sort of conception reveal party needs, make sure yes, to hit up. Yes, please. Keep us Genji in mind. Wilson at the Optimistic Arsonist. You can also go to them for all of your traditional arson and consultation supplies. Yes, yes. And I'd like to team up with that uh, Ryan fella for the uh, kids concentration camp. I think maybe we could bring that back a little bit and maybe team up and, uh, you know, get something going on that. That might be fun. Um, But yes, thank you for having me, Jason. I I do apologize for my thick Japanese accent. Uh, uh, I hope you could understand some of the words. Uh, Some of my dialect from uh, Japan uh, can get a little It is a little difficult, admittedly, but, uh, you know, we were able to get through it i think did the know. best i could thank you jason appreciate you <laughs> absolutely all right well that was our interview with mr genji wilson and folks it looks like that brings us here to the end of the show so that is our bonus episode number two thanks so much for joining us here this week want to let you know that you can go ahead and reach out to us on the socials on the twitter as we let you know earlier at the top of the show with the giveaway at esoterica cinema also on the Instagram at Esoterica Cinema, Esoterica Cinema at gmail.com for anyone that likes old school. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is uh, not seeing as much traffic as I was hoping on the old website. And, uh, you know, that's something that we want to change. So as a reminder, we have a very funny animatic on there of the flipper sketch that's on there. You can go there and download our master list and follow along when we do the... Uh, film polls at the end of the episodes and we're also posting some new information there we've got some you know embedded episodes there we've got links to the web player some of our guest host episodes are going to be up there so yeah definitely check it out it's a good way to stay in touch with us and you can also reach out to us through the website there as well so uh yeah and then don't forget 50 bucks cash to anybody who leaves a review sends it to us you get entered into that raffle one lucky person will win the 50 dollars so Make sure you get those over to us, Twitter or email. And that's going to do it. So uh, next week we are back with a traditional episode. We are going to be looking at the film Matinee. If you heard our last episode, we pulled that one at the end. And uh, really looking forward to that one. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next week at Esoterica Cinema.